Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Man, you guys put the great day to be here, don't you think? So that banjo, man, is bringing me back. So we got a redneck Christmas going on. I love it. <laughs> There's some rednecks in the house. Man, I love it. Hey, we're so excited for what God's going to do in this next series, God With Us. We're going to talk about a theological truth called the incarnation, that God became flesh and dwelt among us, and the difference it can make in our lives every single day. So often, uh, we don't think about this, but man, God is with us everywhere and through everything. And so this whole series will lead up to our Christmas gatherings. Uh, on the 23rd, there's no Sunday morning, but there's a four o'clock that night, and we're going to do identical service the, on Christmas Eve, the 24th, on that Monday. And so I'm excited for this. This is the best time, literally the best time to invite somebody out to a gathering. You might bring some Somebody out or invite somebody who never, ever, ever, ever go to church or be willing to go to a gathering. And this time of year, they might be willing to go. So I encourage you to be inviting people, man. It's going to be an incredible season, what God's going to do. And I'm going to jump on in. We have a verse we're going to look at. It's our anchor verse. Every single week, we're going to dive into this verse. If you're a Jesus follower, this verse can be familiar. If not, then uh, you're going to learn it because we're going to talk about it every single week. And it's found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It says this. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll, be, get, uh, she'll give birth to a son. They'll call him Emmanuel which means, say out loud, what's this mean? God is with us. You guys with me? God is with us. You're with me. We're all good this morning, man. God with us. This is the title of our message today. You know, on the mountaintop, it's easy to feel God's presence, isn't it? You get that raise at work and it kicks in. You're like on cloud nine or maybe you got that Christmas bonus on like a Christmas vacation. It's like a real bonus, you know what I'm saying? Or you're in the Chick-fil-A line, blessed chicken, you know, cloud nine. You know, I go there all the time. Maybe it's just me. Thanks. Chick-fil-A needs to come out to, to Raymore and Belton, I think. So hook us up. There's a prayer right there. You know what I'm talking about. Maybe, maybe you're on cloud nine. Maybe you're on the mountaintop when the Chiefs actually go to the AFC championship and win. And then go to the Super Bowl and win, right? Come on now. There's, I know I got some Steeler fans in the house. <laughs> I'm just looking at one over there smiling at me. So perfect. You know, it's funny because in, the, in the, the mountaintops, you always feel God's presence, don't you? So I was like, oh man, God's here, God's with me. And then all of a sudden we get in the valley. You get some bad news. Uh, I don't know, maybe over Thanksgiving you heard some, some medical issues, some in your family, or maybe there's something that's happened in your life and you get some bad news, maybe financially, maybe some stress, some anxiety, some worry. And it's interesting to me how it's always like all these blessings, all these pockets are full of blessings and things are great. And it's like one or two really bad things or just a bad thing in our life that kind of drive us into the valley. Just one or two little things that can just pull us in there. And for me personally, like over the last few months, like I've been getting stressed out financially. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I'm usually, like, going good, and we've got savings, all this stuff. Like, I feel great about it. But, man, it's just kind of like, whoo, what is going on? Like, all these bills are stacking up, and FMLA, and Emory decided to, like, throw out the old uh, emergency C-section, you know what I'm talking about? Like, this is how it's going to go down. You're going to like it, and she's a fire redhead, and she's just throwing out that way. So, been been in the hospital already again. So, like, man, these bills are coming in. This is cool. And then my truck, come on now. My truck, I don't know, me and engines, I think the devil lives in the engines. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't have any luck with anything. It doesn't matter what it is. It just kind of falls apart. Here, here's, here's my story. So who's ever heard of this? I'm just curious. But there is transmission fluid pumped from my transmission through my wiring harness. Come on, is that real? The devil did it. Like, come on, who can tell you that? I mean, that is my story right now. I'm like, come on now, baby. So all these bills are stacking up. I'm getting stressed to the nines. I don't know, maybe you're, maybe you're in that place of life, right? Where like you're in the valley, getting a little stressed out. Uh, maybe there's a place uh, you look into, maybe you're in your marriage and you, you feel like your marriage is going great, but it's all good. But that kid, 
you know, that kid you got that's just driving you insane, just kind of making those dumb decisions. Do not point at your children. <laughs> Some of you are like, dude, he's like 40 or 50. He's still acting up. You know what I'm saying? Can't make this any better. Maybe you feel like you're close to God. Maybe you feel like things are going great and you're just kind of worried about your job. Like, is it going to be there after Christmas? Like, my job's having layoffs. Or maybe the holidays are coming up. You're excited. It's always a great time to be around family, but there's always that one family member, you know, I'm talking about. You're like, man, this isn't so exciting anymore. Maybe just kind of drag you into a valley. Maybe there's some bad news about somebody you care about this holiday season. You know, for some of us, it's the little things that can drive us into the valley. So where is this? Where is God in the valley? Where is God in the valley? I see somebody patting people over here. There's a story going on. But where is God in the valley? You get in the valley and you feel like, man, God is not there. Where is God at in the valley? Check out a scripture. Anytime you look at a valley in scripture, it represents a couple different things. One is a battle. When you look at the battles in the Bible, they're found in the valley. Amen. You're going to go through a battle in the valley. Sometimes it's a series of desperation. You're just in a season where things, you feel like you're alone. You're in a season where it's just not working out. You've tried everything. There's nothing left to do. You're in a series, just a season where you're in desperation. Maybe you feel like you're in the valley and that you're not going anywhere. But I'm telling you something. Something happens in the valley. The growth happens in the valley. Like nobody wants to go in the valley. A good friend of mine, he's one of the mentors in life. He, He always said, you learn more from adversity than you do from comfort. Anytime I was going through something, he kept telling me, I feel better now. I'm going to learn something, you know? It's like in the valley, what is God teaching us? It's time to experience God. Here, if you're ready, take a note. I wrote this down, but this is what it says. You may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but you get to get to, get to know God intimately in the valley. Like you can, you can enjoy him. Like, oh man, it's so beautiful up on the mountaintop. But when you're in the valley, you actually get to know him. I had a missionary friend of mine, he once said, you don't really know God until you eat out of his hand. You really don't know God until you have to rely solely on him. You don't see that from the mountaintop, you experience it in the valley. So today we're going to look at a passage in the Old Testament. This is Psalms 84. Chances are, if you've read it, you've kind of probably passed right through these verses. If you stopped on the verses, you're probably like, I have no idea what these mean. And so we're going to dive in and look at some of these verses. We'll start verse 5 and see where God's at in the valley. It says this, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Man, blessed are those whose strength is in God, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Bacah. They make it to a place of the springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion, which is Jerusalem. So what's this all talking about? Let's start with the Valley of Bacah. What is the Valley of Bacah? This is closely related to a tree. In the Old Testament, there's these trees that would ooze sap. So these would be weeping trees. People walk by and say that tree is crying, that, that, uh, that tree is shedding tears. And so if you look in the Bible, this actual valley is translated different ways throughout the Bible. It's called the valley of weeping, the valley of tears, the valley of loss. You know, anytime in the Bible you see somebody go through a valley, guess what? They're going through a hard time. Something in the valley, there's thorns, there's thick thistles, there's wild animals, your chance of getting hurt. There's like probably vicious cats, which is like the devil's choice of animal, you know what I'm saying? If you're cat lovers out there. Sorry. <laughs> I can't say anything to that. All right, but there's thieves in the valley. They come to rob you, there's thieves that steal from you. Anytime you go through a valley, there's always a loss. There's always a loss of something. There's always a tragedy. There's something that goes through it. And so look at Psalms 84, 5. It says this, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, God. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. And there's times in your life you're going to come to the end of yourself. You're going to say, man, I want to quit. I can't go on. I don't have enough. I'm so frustrated with my family. I'm so frustrated with the finances. I'm so frustrated with this. Man, I can't move forward. I'm going to tell you something. If you're doing your own power, guess what happens? All you have is all you have. If you're doing life your own way, when you run out, you are on empty. There's nothing left. Amen? But if you do it in God's power, guess what? You're tapping into a divine flow. You're tapping into a heavenly strength. When your power runs out and your weakness, God's strength kicks in. Amen? And the impossible becomes possible. 
because you're tapping into an infinite strength, something that's well beyond anything you can carry. You're not designed to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. God carries the weight of the world on his shoulders for you. So let me give you an illustration of this. When I was in high school, I had a best friend, and we used to work out together, and his name was Dobby. No, it's not Doobie. I know you are thinking that already since we sang the Doobie Brothers this morning, all right? He got it all the time, all right? But anyway, so when you're good friends, you have nicknames for each other. So he called me Petrie, real original. And I called him Dobby because it was Dobson, so it was real original too. We are creative people like that. And so we're working out, and, and this is like the last time of the day, so at the end of the day, we're working out. And so what we did one day, we said, we're gonna get some really heavy weights, and we're just gonna start pumping iron. At the end, we're gonna like max out on like low weight, just like high rep, and probably look like idiots. And so we're like maxing out all this stuff and burning out. And then we get to the end, we're like, okay, let's just do just the bar because that's cool looking. And so we're, we're bench pressing. I'm like, hey, I'm going to do like 40 reps and see where we get. And so I start pumping the bar and people are looking at me like, what an idiot. I'm like, Ugh, uh, and Dobby's over there, you got a Petri. And he comes over and he starts assisting me because now this looks really awkward, right? Like, come on, baby, you can do it. It's all you. I get down to like the last eight reps. I'm like, man, I can't go any farther. My boobies are on fire. You know what I'm talking about? Like just, ow. If you work out, you know what I'm talking about. Boobies are, you can't even unlock the padlock, you know, to your locker. Somebody's going to quote me on that today. Instagram quote, my boobies are on fire. Anyway, so I'm out there, man. I just let go. I can't go on. He's like, you got it, Peachy. Come on. It's all you, baby. It's all you. I'm like, it's not me. I'm not doing anything, man. I let go of the bar like five reps ago, man. It's crazy. It's like, we look like fools, you know. This is what we do. But I'm just here to tell you, man, there's something way stronger when your strength runs out than the strength of your best friend, Dobby, Amen. When you're a Jesus for all, you have the strength of Jesus. When you're in the end of yourself, when you can't make something come true, when you can't rely on your own strength and your own power anymore, you come to the end of your own strength, there's a divine flow that will assist you in the valley, amen? You can call on an infinite God and say, hey, this is yours. God, take this from me. I can't control what's happening. I can't control the circumstance in my life. I can't control what that person chose to say or the situation. I can't control my, my truck pushing transmission fluid through my wiring harness. Like, what in the world? Jesus, you know, take this. I, don't, I can't do something with that. And so you have to give it to God, and he'll assist you in your time of need. I don't tell you what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, blessed are those who make it in their own power. Let me make it real clear, because I think this is something we all struggle with. So we won't make it on our own. Like, we want to get the glory at the end of the race, you know? Like, I kind of grew up in the world was, man, you better be a self-made man. You better pull up those bootstraps. You better go. You can do it in your own strength, in your own way, and say, blessed is the man that does it his way. Blessed are those who are independent. That's not what the Bible says. Matter of fact, the Bible says completely opposite. It says, blessed are those who depend on God. It's so hard for some of us to depend on God. I believe there's an idolatry of, of just independence. Like, I'd just be just an independent person. I don't have to have anybody help me. I can do my own way. I don't need any advice. I'm, I'm going to be financially set by myself. I'm not going to have to rely on anybody else. If there's a problem, I'll come with my own solution. I'm going to get where I need to go. And if you can't do it yourself, then you're weak. Man, I had friends like that. Anybody have friends like that? It's like, you trusting somebody else, you're kind of weak. I don't know. I had some friends like that. I had to get rid of those friends, you know? It's like, you got to be dependent on God. The blessed are those who realize that life isn't about being in control of your life, but it's be the one that controls your life, has infinite power. You can trust in him. You can be dependent on God. Matter of fact, not just dependent on God, but we can be interdependent on each other, amen? You, I need you and you need me. You can, you can teach me something. You can show me something. I can borrow your faith for a season. I can help you out in a, in a time of need. I can pray for you. I can just be there. I can just show up. I can be a friend. I can give a nickname to you, right? Like we can be together. We can go to where God wants us to go. Blessed are those when you realize that you are dependent on the power of God. And if you could run this race by yourself, you're not going to go very far. If you can run your life and do it your way without taking advice from somebody else or following God, you're not going to do anything big. You're only going to do the possible. 
but with God, you can do the impossible. I think today we have to kind of admit that to ourselves. We kind of say, hey, Sean, I'm not that good. Sean, I'm not that special. Sean, you're not that great. Sean, you can't do what you need to do on your own. You're not going to make it on your own. Hey, you can't control everything in your life. Hey, you got to trust me. It's not about you. It's about me. I got to teach myself that. Amen. And we got to teach ourselves that as well. I love what it says in the NLT in verse five. It says this, what joy, the blessed, what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. What's this pilgrimage to Jerusalem? What's that all about? Well, Jerusalem is called the city of refuge. It's called the place of peace. One commentary said this, to get to the city of refuge, you have to travel through the valley of tears. And what that means, you have to push through a little bit of pain if you're going to see the presence and the provision of God. Sometimes God's going to leave you in the valley where you can't, you can't get there. You just have to wander on your own. You have to work hard on your own. You have to figure it out until you make a way for him, until you make room for him to come into your life. He's not going to let you get ready to go. He's going to let you kind of wander in the valley. For so many of us, the valley is the pathway to the place of peace. Like we can't escape the valley. For some of us, we want to get out of the valley, but God wants you to stay in the valley. It says this, for his joy is set, the strength comes from the Lord, who's set their minds. Man, say that loud, set their minds. Set their minds. Man, you know your mindset matters so much. It matters so much. I don't know where you're at, if you're in a valley or not, your mindset changes everything around you. Man, blessed are those whose mindset on God. Man, Paul said this in Colossians, he said, blessed are those who set their mind on things above right? On things of God, heavenly things, the eternal, the things that are significant, the things that matter, and not on things below. Blessed are those who think about such things, of pra- that are praiseworthy, that are truth, that are admirable, that are right, that are worthy of God. And blessed are those thoughts. You know, thoughts make a difference. And I don't care where you're at, but when you think about it, determines your strength. What you think about determines your strength. Anybody sho- uh, shovel their driveway this last snow? Cool, it's just me. This is going to be told, no one's going to care about this, but that's perfect. So I used to work snow for a long time, did snow business stuff. Now I'll tell you something. If you think it's cold, it's cold. It's amazing. You get outside, whoa, it's so cold. You haven't even shoveled one foot yet. Oh, it's cold. And you're inside in like 30 seconds getting hot chocolate sitting around the fire, you know, and the driveway's not done. But if you're out there going, man, I can't wait to bust this driveway. I want to see some blacktops. I mean, throw some concrete out. I don't get this edge to edge. Ain't no snowflakes on this concrete. All of a sudden, you get this done. I'm I'm just preaching to blue collar people right now. You know what I'm saying? Just got there working on something. But that's my mentality. I'm like, I'm ain't cold out here. Everybody's complaining. It's cold. It ain't cold yet, baby. It ain't cold. It's a mindset. Your mindset makes a difference. You know, last night I hardly could sleep. I don't know what was going on. I kept waking up over and over again. And I finally told myself, I'm like, self, (laughs) man, just trust God. You're so stressed out about this stuff. Man, God's got it. God's got it. You know what? I went to bed. <laughs> because it's trusted God. Your mindset makes a difference, man. Somebody's here today. Your current circumstances may be in the valley, but your mind is fixed on God. Amen. Man, your heart could be anxious, but your mind is fixed on God. Your emotions are going crazy. You don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the report's going to say. You're not sure what the advice is going to be or the doctor's going to come up with, but your mind is set. Man, there's too much to handle. You can't do it on your own. You feel like there's just too much. It's overwhelming, but God has got this because your mind is fixed on Him. You know, there's real tragedies that happen in the valley. Real tragedies. There's a tragedy that even happened this morning. There's tragedies in the valley, but God has got it. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Amen. In my weakness, he is strong. God has gone before me. God has prepared a way. God has a way out of the valley. I just got to trust in him. God gives me strength when I am weak. Man, I'm a pilgrim in the valley just traveling through. Just traveling through what God's plan and provision is for my life because my mind is fixed on him. Check out the next verse, verse 6. It says this, as I pass through the valley of Bacah. Man, as they pass through the valley. I love that, just passing through. I mean, you're not going to stay in the valley, amen? You're just passing through the valley. This ain't your destination. This ain't your home. This isn't where you're going to finally be. You're just passing on through. This is a season. It's not your destination, man. You know what David said in Psalms 23? Though I walk, come on, you guys know it. Though I walk through the valley, 
the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Man, as I walk through the valley, amen? I'm just walking through. I'm not staying. I'm not here forever. Man, some of you guys think this is the end. Like, your life is over. This is never going to change. It's always going to be this way. I've done it a thousand times. It's going to turn the same way over and over again. It is not true. You're just walking through the valley. It may be difficulty. There's loss. There's tragedy in the valley, but you're not going to stay in the valley. It's a dark place, but you're just passing through. You know, so many times we just want out of the valley, don't we? Just want to escape the valley. Like, if I could just find another way, God, I just want to go around the valley. I don't want to be here any longer. I'm going to tell you something. God wants to teach you something in the valley. Amen. There's something you're going to learn intimately about God's going to teach you that's worth everything you're going through. There's a reason for the pain. There's something God's going to teach you in this season. So I want you to check out what it says in Psalms 84.6. They pass through the valley of Bacah. They go to place. They make it a place of springs. And I love what the KJV says. It says, make it a well. Maybe we sing this song, spring up a well on me. That's what the song all about. It's like, man, it's all coming together, baby. Spring up a well in me. Make a well. Man, what do you do when you go to a dry place? What do you do when, you, what do you do when you're in a valley? I mean, what it says, you got to slow down, you got to dig a well. You got to slow down, you got to push the dirt out of the way, and you got to make a container for the provision of God. I know it hasn't rained yet. There's no rain inside. It's dry as can be. But you know what you're doing? You're making room for the presence of God. You got to slow down your life so God can reveal something to you in his presence. It's almost God is saying this. If you show me your faith, I will show you I am faithful. When you show me your faith, I'll show you I'm faithful. Man, Jesus, he had this kind of idea in the New Testament where he would do miracles and he'd heal people. And it was amazing how many times he said to somebody, he didn't say, hey, you're healed. He'd say, hey, reach out your hand. Reach out your withered hand, I'll heal it. It's almost saying, hey, if you believe I can do it, just reach out. Just reach out and I'll heal that hand. There's a man who didn't walk for 38 years. The man was paralyzed. And Jesus said, why don't you take up your mat and come follow me? He wasn't like, I'm just gonna heal you. He said, show me, show me you have faith. Show me your faith and I'll show up. It's like this. If you dig a well, I'm speaking to somebody. If you dig a well, God will fill it. Amen. If you make room for his presence, he'll show up. He'll give you his strength and his time. He'll be there in your time of need. Man, you show me your faith and I'll show you my faithfulness. Man, buried in this passage is a promise. There's a promise that if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Amen. If you seek him, he will find you. If you make room for him, he'll reveal himself to you. You got to believe this. You got to plant a seed before you have a harvest. Amen. You gotta plant a seed of faith. You gotta wait for the presence of God. Man, someone who hasn't experienced the presence of God in a long time, I know it's so easy to go seasons, like months or even years, without experiencing God's personal touch on your life. I'm gonna tell you something, it's time to dig a well, amen? It's time to slow down. Stop, stop doing your own strength. Stop making your own plans. Like, your plans are great, but they're not that great. They're not gonna get you where God wants you to go. You have to wait for his presence, man. You need an encounter with God. I'm gonna tell you this, God rarely shows up and reveals himself to people that are busy. Just too busy. Like we don't have time for God. You know, I think about Moses in the burning bush, you know, if it was today, he would be driving 75 miles an hour in his Chevy 2500 if he was driving, right? That's my truck, by the way. And he'd fly by that burning bush with his phone and take a picture on his iPhone and then he would, he would either Snapchat it or he'd post it and say, sweet burning bush, hashtag amazing. You know what I'm saying? That's how it worked. That was like the presence of God in 2018, but that's not what happened, was it? Moses slowed down and went to the burning bush and God said, hey, why don't you take off your sandals? You're gonna be here a little while. This is holy ground, bro. This is my time. This is my presence. I got something I want to teach you. I know you're busy. I know I got something for your life. Like it's not gonna make sense to you. It's not gonna make sense. But I'm gonna show you something because I'm stronger through you than you are on your own. I'm gonna do something in your life. We just gotta slow down. You gotta be still. You gotta listen. You gotta ask yourself, man, God, what are you teaching me? God, what are you showing me? What do you want me to do? 
know, so I'm struggling with my finances. And so I finally just gave it to God because I don't know why I'm like, you know, you think, oh, the man of faith on stage. <laughs> it's like, we launched a church with nothing. How did this happen? And here I am struggling with a little bit of finances. Nothing crazy. It's not like we're like dying or something. It's just not where I want to be, right? It's just kind of irritating. Like this last couple months. And I finally say, no, God, you can have this. I don't know why I'm getting stressed out about it. I'm getting stressed out. I'm getting acting all mad and all stuff all the time, frustrated about this. Like another thousand dollars a year, thousand, you know how it goes. Like, this keeps on coming. You're like, what in the world, God, what are you teaching me? I say, God, you can have it. It's your money. God, this is your plan. It's your path. This is your will. Like whatever it takes, God, I'll be faithful to you. You've been faithful to me in the past. You've always been faithful to me. God, you can have it. You know, I have this peace that goes beyond understanding. Like you look at that, like that doesn't make sense on, on paper. Oh, it doesn't make sense on paper. It didn't make sense on paper. <laughs> but God's got it. God has a plan. God has a purpose. God's going to use that. So I just trust it. I just gave it to him. This is your problem, God. You're going to walk me through the valley together, man. Some of you here today, but God never promised that you wouldn't go through a valley. But God did promise you know, never go through the valley alone, amen? You're not going by yourself. You're going with Jesus. God is with you in the valley. God with us, Emmanuel, a virgin. We give birth to a son. His name is Emmanuel. God with us. God is with you every step of the way. He's in the same guy that's on the mountaintops, the same guy that's in the valley, amen? He's with you in the hard time. He's with you through the stress. He's with you in every moment of your life. So you're going through the journey. You're going to go find a place of peace. And as you're walking to that place of peace, it says this, verse 7, it says, they go from strength to strength. Strength to strength. What this means, you're going to grow in strength as you go in the valley. It's going to be your strength and your strength. You finally say, I'm doing my strength. You're going to take some God's strength. And then God's going to give you more strength and more strength and more strength. And she's walking through the valley. I'm in the valley. Yeah, it sucks. It's a lot painful. But you know what? God's good. God's good. I'm in the valley. God's good in this valley. I can see the mountaintop, baby. That's where I'm going. I'm going to a place of peace. And all of a sudden, you have this different attitude in life. I'm going to tell you how God strengthened my life recently. So I talk about all this financial stuff. This is an email I got on Friday, okay? about all this financial stuff that I had no control over. And so there's a, there's a man, I used to, used to own a, a landscaping company, that's owed me money for like a long time. It's all like six or seven years. It's owed me a lot of money, significant amount of money. Didn't get paid on anything we did on this job. And so this man basically is gonna pay me the money. Six or seven years later, I'm getting paid out on a job I did. I don't even have the company anymore. And I'm getting paid on this job. I'm like, dude, God has already made a way. Like I'm stressing out and God already knew what he's gonna do. I mean, six years ago, I mean, I've totally forgot about this thing, right? Like, this isn't something on my radar, but God had a plan. God had a way for me to make it through the valley. Some of you are like, man, I wish God would show up that way, right? It's like, man, where's my, who owes me money, you know? <laughs> Get started doing some math. I'm going to tell you about one of the valleys I've been in, uh, just in my life. One of the probably the greatest valleys me and my wife went through together. We had a couple foster daughters, and we were in a season one time, one of those daughters was going through a huge medical issue, just a massive medical issue. It's actually kind of really hard to explain. She basically lost all of her motor skills, voluntarily motor skills. So she would just like kind of collapse, like passing out of us. The only thing she could do was move her eyes. It's kind of a crazy situation. Like we had no idea what to do with it. We're, we're, we're trying to like be strong, but we're not that strong, right? We're scared of our minds. We have no idea if this is like, this is gonna continue forever. Is this gonna, is this gonna end up with, and getting worse? We went to doctor, 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 to doctor. I'm talking months and months and months with no answers. No answers. And of course, you can't leave your kid alone. So 24-7, we're watching her. Me or Diane or both of us are watching her. And we're helping her through these moments of complete fright. No idea how long it's gonna, what's going to happen if you're going to come back out of it this time. The emotions, the, the fear, the doubt, all the worry in the world. And I'm trying to do everything in my power. And I'm calling everybody I can. Dine's a nurse practitioner. We called everybody. We're talking to every doctor. But we, just, we don't know. There's no answers. We're in the valley. We're looking for a way out. There's no way out. And we start praying and said, God, we believe you're going to do a miracle. God, I believe in six months she's not going to be struggling with this. 
God, we know you have a plan. You have a purpose. God, in through the pain, God, you're gonna use this story to change somebody's life. God, you're gonna use her even through these moments of fear and disappointment. We have no idea what's gonna happen. It was kind of crazy for circumstances. We end up in front of what I would consider, he's definitely one of the top neurologists in Kansas City, maybe one in the United States, maybe a top neurologist in the world. We end up in front of this neurologist. He just does a diagnosis on her and says, hey, this is how you, how you can come out of it. And she came full recovery, never had a relapse, never been back in the same situation. But through that valley, like we had to have some faith, amen? Like we had to make room for God. We spent so much time worrying and so much time stressing and so much time freaking out and so much time not knowing that we just never made time for God until halfway through the thing. We're like, man, just give it to God. Like he loves her more than we love her, amen? I know we love our kids, but man, God loves our kids. God's got a plan for our family. God's got a plan and a purpose through all the pain. And God's gonna use that in your life today. So who's God? In the middle of your weakness, God is your strength, amen? God is your strength. In the season of trouble, he is your joy. In your pain, he is your comfort. Through the valley, God is with us, amen? He's with us every step of the way. Sometimes he carries us. You don't know he's carrying you. He's bringing you to a place he wants you to go. So if you're in a valley today, I'm here to tell you that the same God on the mountaintop is the same God in the valley in your life. Man, you're just passing through. It's not your destination. Man, God is good all the time. You don't have to believe it yet, but man, you can trust in him. Just say, God, you take this from me. God, take this valley, man. He's present. He'll lead you out of the valley, amen? He's been so faithful, so faithful, so faithful, so faithful, so many times that we just trust God every step of the way. He will reveal himself to you when you slow down and you dig a well, amen? Just gotta slow down a bit and say, God, where are you? And I hope by the end of the series that you really believe that God is with you and God's gonna be in the valley and God's gonna give you strength in your time of need. Father, we come before you. God, I pray you would give us a new picture of who you are. God, I pray we'd see you in our struggle. God, we see you in your pain, that your presence would be here today, that somebody that hasn't experienced it for a long time will experience it afresh today. So across this room as we reflect in prayer, those of you who say, you know what, Sean, I'm kind of with you. There's a lot of good things in my life right now, but there's one area, maybe a couple areas, where I'm in the valley, and this valley is it's a pretty difficult valley, and I need God's presence in my life. If that's you, we just lift your hand. Nobody looking around and say, I'm in a valley. I see your hands up all across this room. I'm in a valley. Anybody else would say, I'm a valley, Sean? I just want to pray for you, man. There's so many people in the, around this room that are hurting God, be included. God, we've all been in the valley. God, we're all, we've, all, we've all had tragedy. God, we've all walked by ourselves and done our own power, God. But we praise God for your son, Jesus, who is with us. God, who gives us strength in our time of need. God, I pray you reveal yourself to us. God, I pray you'd show us the way you have us to go. God, I pray we'd slow down and we'd just dig a well. God, we just wait on your presence, God, that we wouldn't leave this place until we have an answer from you, God. I pray you draw near to us, God. We pray for miracles, God. We thank you before these miracles even come true. God, we praise you in the storm, even though it's not clear. God, we praise you for who you are, that you are with us today. Hey, as we keep praying today, there are those of you, the life is going really good right now, but maybe you feel empty inside. I'm, con I'm convinced that God will allow you to go to a place where your life, all your dreams are coming true. You have the money you want, the house you want, the toys you want, but you're still empty on the inside. I believe God will let you go there. And sometimes he'll show us our need for him so much more. For others of you, you don't even know what a mountain looks like anymore. You've been in the valley so long, you don't understand what God has for you. Your life is so low. I'm convinced that God will bring you to the place of rock bottom so you can lay down a new foundation. So really on the mountaintop or in the valley and you're hurting today, there's good news that God will meet you exactly where you're at today. And who is God? He's the living word. He's the one who became flesh in the person of Jesus. Jesus, the sinless, perfect son of God who loved us and reached out to people who are hurting, broken, whose lives were torn apart. He loved them so much, he never left them there on their own. Jesus became sin on the cross for us. He died on the cross and on the third day, he rose again. The stone was rolled away. He was not there because God had defeated death, hell, and the grave. 
So anyone that includes you, that calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how bad you think you are. You call on the name of Jesus, he'll forgive your sins. He'll make you completely new. Man, if you're on top and you're empty, he'll meet you there. If you're on the bottom and you're hurting, he'll meet you right there. So right now, the only thing that's separating you from him is your sin. When we confess our need for him, he forgives our sin. He brings us life and life abundantly. This is why many of you here today, you need to hear this. You need him. You need his grace. You need his salvation. So today, if you'd say, I turn from my sin, I turn to Jesus. I give my life to him. If that's your prayer, would you lift your hands high? Without anybody looking around, say, I need Jesus today. Would you lift your hands high? Say, I need Jesus. I see a hand in the middle. That's so awesome. Anybody else? I see another hand. Anybody else say, I need Jesus today? I turn my life to Jesus. Man, I see those hands. Incredible. Man, if that's you, you say, I need Jesus in my life. I want you to pray this prayer. Maybe just pray together. Say, Father God, just come into my life and save me from my sin. Man, thank you, thank you for Jesus. I'm so glad he came to, to use his strength, God, to forgive my sins. God, I'm tired of my own. I'm tired of my own path. God, I'm gonna follow you. God, use my life. God, I'm gonna follow you. God, pour my life out to you. Thank you for dying across my sin. I pray, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, real life, would you stay on your feet? This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.